Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. My name is Ephraim Guzman. My guest today, he's a former WCW wrestler. He's still currently active in the wrestling business, formerly one half of Harlem Heat. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Stevie Ray. Stevie, how are you doing this evening? Very good, very good. It's a pleasure to talk to you over the phone, man. Um, how's everything in your neck of the woods in Texas? Yeah. First of all, before I start the interview, I just got something to say because it's been it's been like irking me forever. And then you know, I, I mean, since I'm talking to you on the phone now, um, I don't know if you will remember this, but when um, Harlem Heat was introduced in WCW, they always build you guys from the corner of 110th Street in Harlem, New York. Now myself, I used to live on 110 and Fifth Avenue in East Harlem, um, and I remember I used to like talk to kids like, "Yo, have you have you ever heard of Stevie Ray and Booker T? Like, have you ever heard of Stevie Ray and Booker T?" Because as a child, you're like, wait a minute, these guys are from my neck of the woods. And then to find out you guys are from Texas, I was just bugging out about that. Um, before I just get started, so the question is like, um, did, I don't know if you probably will remember this, but did they tell you, all right, we're going to build you guys from Harlem, New York? Like, what was the whole status on that? The whole status on that is that's what we, uh, that was a part of our gimmick before we got to WCW, so they actually had nothing to do with that. Oh, they didn't? Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't. I, I'm not even realize that. I didn't realize that. Um, I know you started back in the um, GWF with your brother um, Booker T. Um, do you have any experience? Um, how did you? Well, yourself. How did you get into the wrestling business? And was this something you always liked? Well, we've been fixed fans of wrestling pretty much all our lives. So when we got an opportunity to go and uh, train at a professional wrestling school and and try it out and so on and so forth. Uh, we gave it a shot, and we never thought it would take us some other place that it took us, but uh, it was, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and, um, like, did you like wrestling as a kid, or is it something, like, you just passed on the television? Like I said, we were big wrestling fans pretty much all our lives. Yeah. So it was not something that, you know, we didn't have mm-hmm. any idea about. We've been wrestling fans yeah. all our lives. <clears throat> Yeah. Any which wrestling is big in Texas. Yeah. Which Texas based wrestler was you a big fan of mostly? I really didn't care what guys came from. <laughs> we were fans of wrestling. 
because geographically I could care less where anybody comes from. We're a brand of professional wrestling, period. Just like a, a comic book, I'm a fan of a comic book. You know, if I like that comic, if I like that comic book, I could care less. You know, all the other, you know, how further they go along with it. Oh, so you was like one of those who, you know, there's comic fans who like, oh, strictly like Marvel, but they won't like DC, and there's fans that like DC and won't like Marvel, so you're pretty much like the whole I, I aspect. Could, I, I could kill this. <laughs> that's cool, that's cool, man. Um, what should we call it? Um, how was, how was basically training like, um, like, like, was you, was you always a big guy? Because you're a big guy now. Like, was you always like solid, like a big tough dude? Well, when I got into wrestling, yeah, I was. So, but no, I've never, you know, I didn't grow up big, no. Yeah. But by the time I got into wrestling, yeah, I was. Yeah. I was then, yeah. yeah. Pretty much basically the same size I was when when people saw me. I was pretty much that size, about 280 pounds when I got into the rest of us. Oh, wow, wow. That's, 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 you're genetically yeah. gifted, man, because I, I've been the same way since I was, like, 16, and, like, I think I probably well, grew, grew an inch or something, so. Well, I've been, in, I've been in, you know, a gym rat all my life. Oh, okay. So, all my adult life, I've been a gym, a gym, at the gym. So, I didn't get like that by sitting at the bus stop, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but but besides wrestling, all, all aspects of sports you follow, like you follow boxing, MMA, or baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a fan of uh, any any most contact sports, some more than others. Um, back in the day, I used to keep up with everything, but uh, you know, as responsibilities and things like that grow, you know, it's hard to keep up with everything. In Texas, I'm not familiar with Texas like that. There's, of course, just like any other city, there's like a lot of different outlets, like gyms and YMCAs and all that, where you can get involved in and everything. What was that? I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. No, no problem. I said, um, was there like a lot of outlets out there in Texas? Because I'm not familiar with Texas. There's like a lot of like, you know, YMCAs like in the city, and like gyms and stuff where you got involved in and like, you know, doing training and everything. You know, frankly, I really don't know. It's just the fact that in the area that we live in, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it was a karate school that opened up, we tried that, you know, and we tried PABA boxing, mm -hmm. you know, back in those days, you know, kids were always trying to do something to uh, keep themselves active, because there was a time where, you know, nobody stayed in the house, so you were always wanting to do something, mm -hmm. from basketball, football, baseball, you always wanted to be playing something or doing something, you know, so. 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm a kid. So, you know, certain things uh, open up in your area, and hey, somebody said, hey, uh, it so um you know being involved in the wrestling business i guess you started like in the early 80s i believe um um how late did 80s. late 80s late 80s i'm sorry um yeah. what you would call it um how did um like like it, it came together for you and booker t because you know you started out in tag teaming like what was like the process of that like you just in said all actuality, we, in all actuality we had no we had no goals to be a tag team oh okay we kind of got, we became a tag team, but we never set out to go to, we went to wrestling school to learn how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we started doing independence and stuff like that. Not as tag team, just as individual wrestlers. Gotcha. He could be on the show, I could be on the show. Sometimes we were on both on the same show, but we weren't a tag team. Well, it was like- so when we, when we went to, when I, actually, I got a call to go up to the Jeep, you have to get a tryout. Mm-hmm. As a single, as a singles wrestler, as the gimmick I was doing back then, that those guys had seen me in a, in a magazine or so, a couple of magazines or so, and they inquired about you know myself, and then they gave the word to some guys to give me a holler to come up and do a tryout. Mm-hmm. So when I went up to the GWF to get a tryout, I told my brother to come ride with me. And at the time, uh, Eddie Yippa, Hot Stuff Eddie Yippa was the booker. And when I went into his office to uh, talk to him about getting a trial, he asked me, who is that? And I said, that's my brother. And he was like, nobody knew you. Nobody told me you had a brother. Does he work? I go, yeah. He said, how long have you been working? I said, we started the same time. And he goes, oh, really? And he asked us to come back the next week, both of us. So we came back the next week to see what's up, and he said, how would you guys like to be a tag team? I'm looking for a good baby-faced tag team. You think you guys could do that? And he was like, have you ever guys ever tagged before? And we were like, yeah, we tag together all the time. And we were lying. We never tag together. Not one. <laughs> oh, man. And he was like, well, good. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And that's how the whole thing started. Oh. Um, did did he make up the name? Or you you made, you made guys made up the name, the, um, the Ebony Experience? Or... I can't even, I don't even remember where it came from. Oh, okay. Okay, so just... Uh, it might have been it again, but I can't remember. Yeah. But, uh, so, that's how the whole, uh, Booker T. Stevie everything started. Oh, okay. And, then... and we went out, and we came back the next week for our uh, tryout, you know, for our match. And he wasn't there. What? They had but they got him fired. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> and we come back with an press and uh, he fired. And uh, so the guys were, that were in charge there were like, well, we know Eddie promised you, uh, promised you guys a job, but we can't give you a job. But he 
SWA, right? Sportatorium. Sportatorium, Sportatorium, yes. Mm-hmm. 
heat spot. I can't remember what it was. But my brother sells for these guys. I mean, he's, he's telling them, they don't really know what to do to him. So he's actually telling them, you can't hear him, but he's telling them everything to do. <laughs> he's like, pick me up and do a double this. Do this, do that. You can hear him. You know, I can hear him on the apron. You know what I'm saying? Shoot me to do this and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? He's quarterbacking the whole match. You know, because these guys didn't know what to do. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ain't gonna say they didn't know what to do, but they didn't know how to do it uh, the way he wanted them to do it. Yeah. Put it like that. He was like, you know, I'll be sitting up there taking no time. Get, get me up. You know, because he's selling and they're doing this and boom, 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 and double this and double that. And then finally, you know, he hit him with something and he made the hot tag and I came in and we... Bing, 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 and then we did something, and we went over in the match. But granted, as the match is going, the crowd starts to change. Mm-hmm. The crowd that was just a few minutes ago chanting racial epithets at us are now rooting for us to come back. What? <laughs> so- just, just like the Rocket movie. <laughs> With Ivan Drago. Remember that? Yep, yep. Yeah. Then all the hostile stuff for him. Then when he started coming back, you know, the, the Russian fans started rooting for him. Yeah. But this happened to me and my brother. This is live. It's real. And they started saying, come on. And we, I don't even we were. I, I don't even know. We were called ethnic fans then. If we were, I don't remember. But yeah. maybe we were. I don't, I don't know. But they started rooting for us to come back. You know what I'm saying? Because the way my brother was selling for these guys, he made them look like they were the two toughest. So apparently they didn't make it, but you guys did. <laughs> uh, I said apparently they didn't make it, but you guys did. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they did or not, because there's more ways of making it in this business other than WCW, WWE. Yeah. You know, like people think. Yeah. 
You know, so yeah. I really don't know because I never ran across them again. I don't know if they had new gimmicks, uh, you know, worked overseas, Mexico, Germany, whatever. I don't know, Japan. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I never ran across them again. I just remember the last thing they said to us. Wow. And he said, man, I think y'all going to make it now. And, you know, um, um, it's an amazing story because, like, you know, fans are just rabid, you know, and, you know, they're, like, really passionate about it. And, you know, you said, like, they were just saying all these explicitive, explicitive stuff to you guys, and then you earned their respect. Um, was you kind of, like, I don't know, I, this is a long time, you remember, like, was you, like, in, in the heated moment, wasn't you pissed hearing all that stuff? Or is something that is, like, all right, this is, like, common stuff that this happens? You know something, when you're African-American, you adapt to anything. Yeah. Because you've been around it so much and you've seen it so much and you've been a part of it so much. So, for me to just like get super angry, this, that, and the other, no, that's just how, that's how a lot of white people are. They don't know, they don't know how fucked up they are. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it'll be, it'll be trivial for me to just get pissed off, this, that, and the other. It's actually funny. It's actually funny. When you see that, because you got a lot of people of the same race and they're feeding off each other's energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like if one guy say something racial, the next fucking guy say something racial, and on and on and on. There's no people are product of their fucking environment. Oh, I always want to say the fucking word. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got a chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just ignorance. It's just ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. So, um, like I say, being African American, we already know. You can't fight ignorance with violence, but when you ask me a question as rhetorical as it is, did you really get upset? No, I didn't fucking get upset. For what? Mm -hmm. That's how people are. Mm -hmm. Especially in the South. Especially in the, in, this in the South, and especially in the uh, auditorium of which we were in, mm -hmm. Dallas, Texas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how they are. But those same people, those same people, like you said, 15 minutes later, really for us. Two months later, the whole building is full of people with every experience side. So the same person that was calling me a nigga, now you're asking me for my autograph. Mm. Uh, it, same just, person. Yeah, it's just funny how you can win people over after time, you know? So like I said, sometimes people don't really know their own ignorance because... You know, when, when you're around a mob, a mob comes a mob because somebody sets it off. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that is what it is. But no, to go back to your original question, no. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't the first time. Mm -hmm. It would just happen to be that time also. Yeah. No, in the restaurant business back then, uh, in the late 80s when we got into business, it, that, that wasn't something... Uh, It's just so yeah. weird. I'm saying, you know, I, you know, I hear different things like that. It's just so weird because I'm from the city and you have, like, all different colors in the city. So, like, when you, you know, I'm saying, of course, I've seen stuff like this in movies and whatever. But, like, hearing about it is just, it's just crazy. It's like another world. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, 
Um, so from GWF, you went to WCW. Um, do you recall how that came about, or? Actually, Sid Vicious had been uh, contacted. Well, some people at W, I mean at GWF had told us uh, that uh, WCW had been inquiring about us. So we were like, okay, that's good. And then uh, Sid Vicious ended up contacting us. I don't know where he got our number from. And he was like, yeah, man, I've been looking at you. They want me to come down and take a look at you guys. You know, and I'm coming down. I was like, today you can come to a tag match and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it all came about. You know, he uh, came down and did a match with us, and then we went back and met at his hotel, and, and he talked it all over. And the next thing you know, a uh, couple of months later, uh, they called us up. They gave us a date. I don't, I can't remember exactly. We uh, we went in, and he was like saying, "Hey, man, y'all gonna be in a pay per view with me?" And blah blah blah. I want you guys to, you know, blah blah. I came up with this deal. And, that's how all that came about. So, so our first big match, you know, even though we went up and did matches and stuff like that in uh, downtown Atlanta and stuff like that, we was on the pay per view our first month there. <laughs> Straight out the box. Yeah. But people knew us, though. You know, people knew us because of uh, the GWF stuff, though. Yeah, exactly. Then they had. Yeah, then, um, did they give you the names Kane and Cole, or that something you guys came up with? Yeah, that was, uh, that was something that, uh, something that they came up with because of some, uh, contractual things with Stevie Booker. Ah, okay, okay. Because I was wondering about that, like, when I first saw you guys, I was like, wait a minute, Kane and Cole, you know? But then, you know, then eventually, you know, it was like almost, it was a forgotten name. I think that was more, uh, Sid still than anyone else's. I think he liked those names. Yeah, and then um, how was it working with uh, Robert Parker? Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. From what I <laughs> okay, no problem, no problem. Um, and um, like you know, you guys were 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 doing a lot of things. Um, the um, the gear. Um, I, uh, like uh, at first, like I don't know, like what what was up with the with, with the gear, with the Harlem Heat gear? Like you know, it was just it was the first gear you guys had. But was it like from this is that that's what they wanted to put you guys in? Like it was almost like yeah, the little the little beanie hats with the with the vest, or you know. Of course, you couldn't complain because you got a job. I mean, I don't, I don't remember which gear were you talking about. It's, it's, it's the gear exactly. where you guys had the. It was like the. It was you had like the top hats almost. It was like a little top hat thing, and then with the flame, like the flame vest. Oh with, no, no, no! That was just something that we came up with. I gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Because then you gotta realize, you gotta realize, we're talking about WCW. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. They don't Sorry. come up with anything. Yeah. <laughs> they were too in they were too in to think of anything. If you didn't think it up for yourself, it didn't happen. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's get that out the way right now. So don't don't sit and think if you ever thought that the CCW was just this company that came up with all these great ideas in an entertainment type way like WWE. No, just a big company that still would ran like a small territory. Ah, uh, okay, okay. 
Oh, man, because um, you guys were pretty good. You fought, like, every single major tag team, you know, at their peak at that time. Um, and then they had a whole bunch of makeshift well, in tag... Essence, in essence, yeah. we fought every single top tag team because tag team wrestling became viable again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Before, before Harlem Heat got there, nobody in WCW was talking about tag team. Mm-hmm. It was about the Four Horsemen. It was about uh, the Steen, the Lex Luger's, you know, the same old characters mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Not until uh, not until we became the tag team that everybody looked at. That, that's the real tag team, which made the other teams viable again. Then you seen them start popping up out the woodworks. Then mm-hmm. uh, the Nasty Boys became viable again. Then the Steiner Brothers became viable again. Then And it was cool because, you know, you were, you know, minorities and then, you know, you was like top level. You was like up there, you know, because everybody looked the same. And when you guys came in, was doing your thing, it was like, oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? Like almost I'm seeing myself on TV. Like if these guys could do it, anybody could do it, you know? Exactly, exactly. You had the black gear from what I remember. You had the black gear first. I had the Harlem Heat logo on the top. Then you went like you had the purple ones, the red ones. Then I believe yeah, we you had, had about to go with. Well, we had about 12 to 15 different ones. Wow, wow, man. Yeah, that was classic. That was classic. Oh, do you still have your no, gear? Huh? You still have your gear? Like in storage? Uh, or so I, I think I got a few. Oh, okay. You we wanted to be African American wrestlers that was molded from an African American idea. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. That's why you never seen us. Oh, shucking the eye and I going up fucking hit butt of some of this other bullshit. Yeah. You never seen all of me doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's you see you. two guys that come to the ring with attitude that's ready to put their foot in somebody's ass. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um. That was it. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit how was it working with the late um Sherry Martel? Very good, great, great, great time. Yeah, that's what that's what completed the whole package. Yeah, that's really what made the package work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we worked by ourselves, but with Sherry, it really put it over. Yeah. It really put all of it over. Like now, we are somebody. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. yeah, it was it was almost like having heard there was like a seal of approval, like all right, these guys are it, almost right, like almost like like this is it, like you know she gave like the stamp of approval. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you also had a because she fit because she fit right in. Yeah. She fit right in. You talking about two African American guys and a white chick that leads them out, but she's tougher than him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, it ain't nothing wrong with that if that's what you like. But mm. if you talk about guys from the street, you got to be down with yeah. them from the streets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why it worked. Yeah, and she was definitely believable for that attitude. Right. Yeah. Um, how about, um, you had a brief singles run. Um, it wasn't really long, but um, did you enjoy wrestling in singles competition? I enjoy wrestling, period. Period. All right. It doesn't matter tag singles. It doesn't matter as long as you're in the ring. Oh, nah, fuck no, man. I enjoy <laughs> wrestling, period. Right. You know? I mean, wrestling is wrestling. Whether it's a tag team or singles, you got to know what you're doing when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And you got to enjoy it when you, you know, you got to enjoy it. You know, try to do it to the best, best your ability. Um, so, no, I enjoy wrestling, period. Also, you did a little bit of color commentary. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers who do color commentary, who jump into it. Um, you also see, like, when you went into it, you had a good flow with it. Um, did you enjoy it as it looked like you did on television? Or is it something that, you you know, you was, like, forced to do? Okay. Let's get that out the way right now. No problem. Um, you can ask me to do something. Yeah. And I'll agree or disagree, but I ain't never forced to do anything. Secondly, um, that's actually what I went to school for. Oh, okay. But I never pursued it. Neither, I never knew it would come back around like it did. So in essence, um, I uh, I used to do commentary for the uh, uh, me and my brother sometimes either him or me we used to imitate the guys that did commentary on professional wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. So in the dressing room we always have a monitor so we can watch the uh, matches out front. So the guys got to the point where they needed somebody to do the commentary for the matches. Mm-hmm. So they it's just watching because the monitors had no sound. So we would act as though we were the two com- uh, uh, color commentary guys for the matches that was going on. Mm-hmm. And we would say things that really made everybody laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and then sometimes I would have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like a real one in the dress room and say, Stevie, Stevie, come over here and do, uh, do the commentary. And I'm like, oh, man, come on, come on, man, please, man, please. Okay, and I get out there, okay. Well, he's got an arm on him right now. Did you see that? You know, he got a drop toe. You know, <laughs> just toe shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So apparently somebody went and told, you know, they were looking for a, a, a wrestler to do commentary with the two announcers. Um, and somebody told him, you need to check Stevie out because he does it in the dressing room. I never, I, I never found out who did it. But they called me up one day, I'll never forget it, I was in Salt Lake City talking on some house show. Mm-hmm. And I got a fax to go, I had to be at Nitro Monday, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be off Monday, what the hell? <laughs> and then they told me they were, I was getting a tryout for the, uh, no, no, they wanted me to come to the office. They wanted me to come in early. I was going to the studio and get a tryout. So I was going to actually, uh, and this is no lie, I was going to actually do it as bad as I could do it because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. For yeah. the tryout. I was going to go in the studio and just muck the whole thing up. You was going to you sabotage know? yourself, yeah. And, yeah, I 
end, they said, no, I'm going to do it at the show tonight. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to be the try at the show tonight. And okay, I said, well, I just mess it up there then. <laughs> and then when I got there, they said, well, no, you're just going out and you're going to be on the show tonight. You start tonight. <laughs> 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 so that's how I'm, so now I'm like, okay. So now I'm not even prepared. I just go out here and, you know, just try to wing it. And then I had to start doing my homework and stuff like that. Um, this, that, and the other. And I told him I can't do it this way. I'm going to have to do it like this. I'm going to have to put a little Stevie Ray in there, but I'm going to have to do it in a way that I really talk. Because I don't really talk like Stevie Ray does. And they was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So that's how this whole thing came about. Wow, I'm glad. That's amazing. Because you're the first person to really ever ask me about it. Yeah, in that, in that, uh, in that context, actually. Yeah, because yeah, I, I remember you was on Thunder, and I was like, Steve was on commentary. And the thing is, you know, you was, it was almost like seeing, um, you know how some people watch reporters and they just don't get them? Like, somebody from, like, I, you know, say, like, my neck of the woods got got it. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, all right, uh-huh. Stevie Ray is saying it in a way that I can understand it instead of somebody who's talking about it, like, in layman's terms or something, or scientific terms, you know? Right. So, it was, you know, it, it was kind of refreshing, though. That's why I was just curious about that. Well, fans seem to love it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got, I got, uh, For real, snap. You know, no, oh, yeah, people loved it. Some of the, the worst I came up with, like when I called the women swags. Yeah, swags, like yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, fruit, fruit, fruit booties and, yeah. you know, suck, suckers got to know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and people loved it, man. I mean, I, mean, I was like, wow, yeah. even overseas. <laughs> you know, we would go overseas and people just, Give me the standard official when I walk out just to do commentary. Yeah. 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 What did the I'm terminology? Like, wow. What did, I always wanted to ask? What did the t- terminology of fruit booty come from? <laughs> oh man, stuff me and my friends uh, would say about things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I just took a lot of uh, stuff that I like to say. Yeah. Talking among my 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 friends, and yeah. I just took it to the show. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And me and Tony always had this thing where I would always say, hey, Tony, can I ask you something? <laughs> and then people would come to the building with signs with, Tony, can I ask you something? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I didn't realize people really paid that much attention to me, I swear to God. Yeah. Believe it or not, people definitely yeah. pay attention to commentary. I'm, I'm especially one of those who love commentary. And then, you know, you just made th- Thunder was kind of boring, but you made it fun, you know? Well, that's what the guy, even the wrestlers, start coming to me and saying, man, you are so funny. <laughs> you are so funny, man. Keep it up, man. You are so funny. I like listening to it now. Because, you know, I would have to keep marking them in line sometimes. Because a lot of times they would get off. And I know they've been told to talk about another match, but I would make try to make them get off of that. And stay on the match that's going on in the ring. Yeah. You know? Like, that's one thing I really hate is, like, a match uh, that's going on doesn't mean anything, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, uh, time to promote the big match, you know? Yeah. Which was cool, and I understood that, but just, just not get too far on it and make a whole, you know, diatribe on the whole thing, you know? 
Yeah. I know know what you're saying. Like, they'll have a match, and then they'll go to a backstage segment while the match is going on, and you have two different screens. You've seen the match, but they're not even talking about the match. They're talking about something with Sting and the NWO while you have a match with Mike Enos or something, and then that match gets taken away. I think that's, I understand what you're saying. Well, in essence, in essence, I'm not even talking about when they go to two different screens. Oh. I'm talking about while the match is just going on. Yeah. You know, oh. and they're talking about, you know, the big match is coming up, uh, you know, well, this happened with him last time and blah, blah, blah. But wait a minute, man, there's two people in the ring. Yeah. Which, you know, it's a time to do that and it's a time to cut. Don't give them so much. That's what I owe. But the reason that was is because I used to hear him do that yeah. when, you know, when I was watching television or watching the replay or something like that. So, I'm frankly, I didn't want to be a part of that because I'm like, every match is important to me mm-hmm. and every wrestler is important. Mm-hmm. And the guys used to always come up and say, hey, man, I appreciate what you said about me. You know, stuff like that. I, like I said, I didn't even know nobody was paying no attention to me. Wow. It was crazy because you was awesome, man. You was like a, you was like a, a different version of like a Jesse Ventura. Like, you know, you said it like it is, you know, and then there was no... You but, it's funny you say that because that's who I love to hear commentary. <laughs> you serious? <laughs> I just always tell him that, man. Yeah. Because me and Jesse, me and Jesse, back when we were with WCW, we used to always talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love talking to Jesse. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. just a fascinating human being, man. Yeah. But if you listen to some of the stuff he used to say back in the day, man, it was just, oh, man, my stomach would hurt. I would laugh so hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know, like, like, I think... Like he was, I mean, I wasn't as derogatory as he was. I didn't call somebody like uh, Chico Santana or yeah, something like <laughs> Ivan Paduski. Yeah. You know, I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't call anybody out of their names, but uh, yeah. the way he used to put the heels over, you know, I was yeah. trying to be... I wanted to be in the middle. Jesse was straight left. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. But I, I, I kind of wanted to be in the middle. I wanted to go up neutral, though. Yeah, I know, and you know he and he praised all the time Ravishing Recruit. He loved Ravishing Recruit, but like you know everybody else was like fair game, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, oh, Jesse was so funny, man. I, I still, uh, I still remember some of the things that he did, man. I remember him. Uh, he and Gorilla was doing some commentary together, and uh, that was back when Savage had first came in. And he had a little bit with them. Mm-hmm. And and Gorilla Monsoon was like, Jesse, she said there's no purpose. What is she doing out here? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is she doing? She's just out here. She's just in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla, look at her. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't understand that, you're too old for me to help you. <laughs> 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 oh, man, my stomach. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Jesse oh man I, like I said I remember like we yesterday man me and my brother me and my brother looking at wrestling we died laughing man yeah. uh, do you, oh my god uh, do you remember SummerSlam 88 where he did the commentary where it was Warrior and um, Ravishing Recruit it was him and Tony Schiavone Tony Schiavone's only, uh, only appearance on SummerSlam when they were doing commentary together no I don't Okay, um, I remember it, but I don't remember. Put it like that. 
All right, let me just say this. I don't remember it verbatim, but basically, um, what is it? I think Warrior and Rude were fighting outside the ring, and then um, the Warrior hits Rick Rude with a steel chair, and then um, um, Jesse said, well, you can't do that. This is, um, um, it's outside the ring. Oh, no, I think Tony said that. Tony said, um, you can do that. It's, it's outside the ring. See, and then Jesse said, but, but, but um, what's next, Tony? So you can shoot him outside the ring as long as it's outside the ring? You know, you're even dumber than Monsoon. I thought Gorilla was a stupid this guy alive. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> go, to, go to that match. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it justice. Oh, you gotta hear it. You gotta you gotta hear that match. Rick Rude versus Warrior SummerSlam eighty eight with um Tony and Ventura. Was he the greatest man? Yes he was. He was man. I still I, you know him him and Vince was good in Saturday night's main event but oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, they had. Oh, that was that yeah. was great, man. Yeah. That was. Yeah, but my second. Man, was, yeah. And I'm telling you, the commentary hasn't been like that since. Yes, yes. You know, you know. I, I mean, a lot of people make a little smart remarks, but yeah. Boy, Jesse could go. He could go there. Vince could try to go there too. Yeah. In that real journalistic type, you know, verbiage. Yeah. And um. Uh, Jesse wouldn't even use correct grammar, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> you know, you know the thing is, you know, um, um, I'm Spanish, but I didn't even care when he called him Chico Santana because I like Jesse Ventura. I didn't even care. Oh no, 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 no! It was great. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tito didn't care either. Yeah. It was great, man. I mean, that was a stick, you know. Yeah, you know. I even put, I even put Deuce. <laughs> I mean, what was that about? <laughs> I know, man. He... Uh, Chomp, Chomp, Chomp Hogan. Yep. <laughs> Chomp Hogan. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones he talked about, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just, it was great, man. But yeah, that's why, I'm not going to say I tried to be him. Yeah. But I tried to be that voice that people would listen to that was totally different from the other two guys I'm out there with. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and very relatable too. I might add because you know, what I'm saying you know, I got I got what you were saying. People got what you were saying, so he was very right. relatable. You know, oh man, <laughs> that, that. people think people think you like it. You know, and uh, and a lot of people didn't know. Um, you know, I had a background in it actually. Yeah. Well, the, the, is it like something you wanted to pursue? Like you said, you said you you went to school for that. That's that's that was like no, the, I did I did at the time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, I dropped out of school, you know, I just kind of like lost interest in it, you know. Yeah. I used to DJ, I used to DJ in clubs and stuff like that, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to do, yeah, I just did all of that, so, you know, you definitely have a voice to do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, sorry, this hurts you. Know, yeah, I, I used to love dormant back then, but then your life, you know, you, get, you start getting other interests, other interests. And you just, I don't know, you forget about it. Even though, I, you know, I remember taking a few uh, community classes and stuff like that, you know, communication, speech communication. But I don't know, y'all really liked it back then. I was just trying to help myself in my DJing career because I thought I, I wanted to go work in radio, you know? Oh, okay. But uh, um, I lost interest and started, you know, things changed, you know. I never thought it would come back like that. And today I even do a... Uh, I go in like once a month and I do a 
Oh, yeah? So, t- yeah. Tell me, elaborate on that. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's the Ralph Cooper Sports Show. He's on at 5 o'clock every day at 12, mm-hmm. 12.30 a.m. It's like the last urban uh, radio station in the greater Houston area. Mm-hmm. So I go on there to uh, talk about sports, uh, pump what I'm doing, things of that nature. And then, you know, me and him got this stick, kind of like Jesse and uh, and uh, and Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of people didn't know my knowledge of sports. So when I go on there, you know, and we start talking about sports, <coughs> people call in and I have to pull them on stuff, you know what I'm saying, because... They didn't know. I could have been what Ralph was if I had pursued it. <laughs> so, it's one of my hobbies is to, I like studying sports. Hmm. Regardless what the sport may be, if it's something that I like, I study it. So, you know, it's like when the big Pacquiao uh, Mayweather fight was coming up and people would call in and talk about, you know, you know, giving their opinions on this, that, and the other. And I used to, you know, I'm kind of like the heel guy. I'm not a heel but I can turn heel very instantly. Mm. And I start telling people, do you really know what you're talking about? I don't ask them that, but I just show them. You know what I'm saying? And if I say, if you're a real Floyd Mayweather fan, you tell me who was his last five fights. Or am I listening to someone that just happened to be on the Floyd Mayweather bandwagon because he is the last African-American fighter that's actually being relevant in this sport today. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. if they can't do it, then... You are a cliche. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And don't call me anymore unless you know what you're talking about. You know, and Ralph would just sit there and just laugh and he was like, wait a minute, Stevie Ray, you can't talk to my fans. You can't talk to people like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'm tired of these people calling me. And I mean, and I was like, hey, this guy is from 41. I said, every fight he's had is handpicked. I said, does anybody remember the movie Rocky? And then and, uh, Ralph would say, yeah. I said, well, do you remember the scene when Lane came up and said, hey, I want my shot. Yeah. And Mick told him, you ain't getting no shot. And Club Lane said, I want everybody to see this. They don't want to fight a real man. They want to fight themselves. Yeah. And you remember Mick goes home. Rocky follows him home. He goes in the bedroom. And he said, hey, what's going on here, you know? We got one more shot. Tyler, you got one more fight? He said, no, you got one more fight. I don't have one more fight. You do. Yeah. And he said, well, hey, I want to fight this guy. And he said, this guy will beat you. And he's like... What do you mean beat me? I've had 10 title defenses. He said, that was easy. What do you mean easy? What are you talking about? Were those setups? Said, no, they weren't setups. They were good fighters. But they're nothing like this guy. It's my job to keep you winning. Yep. And I think that is what Floyd Mayweather did. Yep. Wow. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Then, yeah. And then, then Ralph was like, well, wow, man, I never really, uh, I said, well, if you follow boxing and you follow his career, mm-hmm. this guy hasn't had a tough fight since 2007 when he fought an old Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. Wow, you just you, Every, you just gave me some knowledge right there. I never really heard, never heard anybody break it down like that. That's that's interesting. That's because everybody gets caught up in what they see and what they've been told to look at. Yeah. I, like I say, I study sports, and I like to get the backbeat on sports. I like to get the backbeat, but I can see straight through it. It's pro wrestling 101. How do you go from being pretty boy Floyd Mayweather to money Mayweather? Mm-hmm. It's what we call 
Mm-hmm. You ever heard that term? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay. When somebody is the so-and-so this day, and now he comes out as the Brooklyn Brawler. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I am controlling your mind. I mm-hmm. want you to look at this person in a different way now. Yeah. How are you going to be, okay, he's fighting the richest boxer. How does that even make sense? You fight the richest boxer probably in the history of boxing at that time in 2007. Oscar De La Hoya, who was a promoter and a boxer. Mm-hmm. But they call it you money? Now, does that make sense? Ain't nobody, don't nobody even know you? You ain't never really made money in this business other than a, I don't know, maybe a hundred thousand people bought the Zap Judah fight. Nobody bought the, bought the Carlos Baltimore fight. Um, Arturo Gotti, maybe a hundred thousand people bought that fight. Every pay-per-view fight you ever had never laid a dime. So how are you going to be money? <laughs> Whereas Oscar De La Hoya had already fought Shane Mosley mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah. And made a zillion dollars because he promoted the fight. You know what I'm saying? Dan had been a pay-per-view draw from the time he left the Olympics in the early 90s. So how you gonna be money? So what what was Oscar? Chop liver? (laughs) No, I'm just just laying it out there. Seriously. I know. He got the fight with Berto coming up, I believe, is in September, I believe. I'm not really sure. Can can you believe that? Yes. Can you believe that? (laughs) Yeah. Guy who got beaten, beaten by Robert Guerrero. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. A guy who was beaten by uh, Soto Carras? Yeah. Really? Really? <laughs> and you get a shot and want people to pay for this. Now, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Come on. And that's why I would have certain little, uh, you know, scuffles and disagreements with people about Floyd Mayweather over the phone. Mm-hmm. But like I say, this guy, just because he's African-American, he don't stand for what I stand for. Yeah. I say, now, one time, now, once, did you see a pay-per-view of Harlem Heat? And when they left the ring, people say, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I need my money back. Now, once. So that's why I tell people, tell people, I'm going, I can talk on this. Yeah. They ain't never stole no money from nobody. Mm-hmm. I said, that guy's a modern day Bonnie and Clyde. At least when Bonnie and Clyde stepped in the bank, they said, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bonnie, I'm Clyde Barrow. We're about to rob you right now. Yeah. Um, Get over there and you will not get shot. (laughs) That is... So, I mean, like I say, I mean, with all these guys, let's see, uh, all those guys I just named, Robert Guerrero, should have never got a title shot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Shane Mosley, really? 40 years old? Mm -hmm. Really? He's been you know through the ring, yeah.
that fight. Yeah. A lot of people don't remember that. And that's why I told people, Mayweather never want to fight him now because they say he has no feet. Yeah. He can't move. Yeah. And as long as you stay away from him, you're going to beat him. Yeah. You know? Uh, but then you get a fight with uh, Medina. Two fights. Mm. They both lost money. But they don't want to say that. That's why they didn't have fight back, y'all. Because those two fights, and somebody wants to recoup your money. You can only take money from the establishment for so long before they say, I need my money back. And you call back here at the right time. Right time. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, you know, down on the man for that being a stupid businessman. Well, yeah. uh, you know, that's great. But that's just like what Rocky said. It's my job to keep you winning. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Okay. Yeah. If you, huh? I was gonna say, and that's and that's that's all he's been doing is winning. You know, he's, he's a smart. He's a smart man and a smart fighter. And as long as you fight lower caliber fighters, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, they were good fighters, but like the Rocky movie, they was nothing like this guy. Yeah. Okay. You notice he would not get in the ring with an American. Yeah. You know that you will not get in the ring. Okay, Sugar Ray Leonard won the best scalper, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And you know Sugar Ray Leonard went all the way up to 168 pounds? Mm, nah, I didn't even know. Even though he was the smaller guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even though he was the smaller guy, he still went up and fought Danny Lillard at 168. Okay, he yeah. went up and fought Marvin Hagler at 160. You remember that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. NBC. Okay. Yeah. Why is a 38-year-old man still fighting people that are 147 pounds? Mm. Would not come out your comfort zone and would not test yourself. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. It's easy to fight the little guy that made him come up, and you have fought at 154 a few times. Yeah. So what's wrong with fighting a 160-pound guy at a catch weight of 157, 158? That's mm. boxing. That's yeah. the kind of boxing I grew up on. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just blowing my mind because real knowledgeable on this stuff. I'm like, oh, man. You got me thinking here. <laughs> you know, and then you coerce people into think, oh, this is going to be a good fight. Because it's easy to fight the Hispanic fighter that's got millions and millions of followers because the Hispanic public loves their heroes, especially boxing. That's very big to them. Yeah. And you know that. Mm -hmm. But you stay away from the tough African-American fighters. Mm -hmm. Because it ain't really a lot of them they built out there. And the ones that are tough, you're not going to fight them. Mm -hmm. Because you're looking for the money. And like I said, from a business point of view, that's great. From a, from a uh, competitive point of view, I look down on it. Because I came up watching the real champions that wasn't afraid to lose and go out and test themselves. Because anybody can sit there and say, oh, fraud, making money, this, that, and the other. It ain't your money, stupid. <laughs> yep. It ain't your money. You just got ripped off. And you don't even know the guy be fighting anyway. You don't even know his career. You just jumping on the bandwagon because everybody else jumped on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. So that's what I got a problem with. You don't represent me. You represent the ignorant black people. You don't represent real black people. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, and his cousin even called in on the radio station. Huh. This guy was professed to be.
weakest cousin. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to put him in his place. Oh, man. <laughs> is that is that archived? I want to hear that. Huh? I said, um, is that archived? I want to hear that. Uh, you know what? I didn't remember the date or anything like that. I've never heard any, any, of, the, any of my, uh, uh, I guess you can look them up on the, on the deal, but I, I, uh, I've never done it. But, you know, people was listening. They were like my other brother. Um, one of my other brothers called me and he was like, Man, I was listening to you on the radio. You need to pursue that. Mm. And he was like, you are very good at that. You need to pursue it. And it's not too late. He's like, brother, I did not know you were as good as the painting that you are. <laughs> <laughs> Even I always knew you like to argue with everybody, but <laughs> you need to pursue it. And my brother is a, uh, one of the brothers, he's a uh, political science major. Oh, wow, okay. I'm sure you get definitely um, a lot of wrestling questions there when you come in once a month too, right? Actually, no, no, nobody wants to talk about wrestling. Wow, are you serious? Oh, sad. No, no, they don't. They don't want to talk about wrestling. They want to hear my opinion on everything else. Wow. They want to hear my opinion on if something's happened in, you know, somebody's gotten in trouble or if this happened in sports. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The storylines of sports. Yeah. You know. What is my opinion on this? Or what is my opinion? You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Wow. What do I think the Texans are going to do? How do I think what the Rockets should do? And just in the other, you know, and I give them my assessment on it, and for some reason they believe it. Oh, I rarely get wrestling questions. Wow. Very rare. Yeah. Remember some of the players were saying they thought he was racist? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, and then uh, Ralph would ask me, Stevie, what do you think about that? You know, some of the players are damn blah, blah, blah. And then I would just give my assessment on what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I think I said something like, uh, I don't think Chip Kelly is racist. And even if he is, Sam Bradford is American Indian and is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. He left a couple out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if one guy's American Indian, one guy's Spanish, what about them? But they're the quarterbacks. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> so, so is he racist toward black people and he doesn't care about the other races? Racial people and, uh, one more guy called up at the time uh, that's on the team, but I can't think of it now. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, I left him out too. And it, and, and Ralph 
Houston. Uh, if anybody want to call in about that, you know, but, <laughs> but that's just what I was saying is uh, racism doesn't just stop with black and white people. I mean, black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When a white man is involved, that means he don't like everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, um, did, did, um, did they call you to, uh, to ask you about the Hulk Hogan situation when he said the N-word? Did they, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't hear that, so but what was your take on that? I mean, I've been talked about it a few times. I mean, Hulk Hogan is what he, he is. And I tell people that Hulk Hogan actually helped me in my brother's career. Mm-hmm. And I was always grateful to him for that. Matter of fact, uh, I was on the Stephen A. Smith show. Yeah. Well, I love uh, you, you know him, right? Yeah, I and love I Stephen A. Smith. I called in his show on satellite because one of my buddies said, because uh, I call him from time to time and we talk about boxing and the Steelers because he's a Steelers fan, I'm a Steelers fan. Yeah. And uh, it was, I guess what happened, he said, you know, Stephen Ray usually calls in if he's out there listening, you know, give me a call, big boy, or something like that. And one of my buddies from Atlanta called me and said, Stephen Ray Smith was asking about you on his show. Uh, he's with the, he wants to, I said, I already knew what he wanted. He wanted to talk about the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So of I course, ended up right. calling him later that week, and he was like, hey, Big Brother, before we go any further, you got to give me what you think of this whole thing. So I just tell him what I said. You know, Hulk Hogan has been a cool guy. I've seen no remnants of him being a bigot in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows there in WCW back in the days when me and Hogan and everybody was doing our thing back in those days, we had an array of people from every, you know, different kind. Mm-hmm. That's life. Yeah. 
You know, and I'm saying it's just it's just crazy because you know Hulk Hogan will always be Hulk Hogan no matter what, and it's just weird. Because, yeah, you know, he's gonna be him no matter what, and that's how he feels, and that's how he feels. You know, everybody's entitled yeah. to their opinion. If he said that eight All years right. ago, he might feel that way eight years now. You know what I'm saying? But that's just who he is. I you know. know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. But you know, I had people, you know, uh, African American guys, like, you know, they shouldn't have fired Hulk Hogan and blah, blah, blah. Brother, whatever. Yeah. I said, Hulk Hogan probably didn't know that he was going to get another shot in WWE. Yeah. Didn't know he was going to have another contract with WWE back when he was doing all this. Because if he did, he would never have done it. Mm hmm. I, I um I definitely had to ask your opinion on that. I wanted to hear it, see what you thought about it. Stevie, there's so many sports. Um, you say you follow all sports. Do you follow like tennis and golf as well, too, or? Shit, no, I said sports. <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah, no. As far as I'm concerned, every tennis, every uh, <laughs> uh, golf course should be fifty percent of them all over the. Continental United States should be dug up, flattened out, oh God. and build and build a home for low-income families. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if I could do it, I would. But that's just me. Yeah. That's just me. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm. What's your what's your, what's your uh, opinion on tennis? I can't watch it. It's okay. And those are great athletes. Yeah. But like I said, I said sports. Yeah. Not something, just something to do. Yeah. But you know, tennis got, I'll tell you what, tennis got some of the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah. I will say that. But I'm just not a big follower of the sport. Yeah. Even though, you know, tennis gets a good push. I'm the kind of person that's always had a problem with sports that were mainly for elitists. I just come out and say it. And tennis is one of those sports. It was pretty much for the elitists. Mm. 
Let me just get off the subject because we both hate it. Um, um, what's your what's your stand? What's, what's your opinion on Bellator? Um, as the whole promotion itself. I think, I think it's I think it's good, man. I hope they build it up a little a little bigger and a little tougher. They got a a, a major network behind them now, yeah. and I think it's good for for the UFC to have some competition. Exactly. You know, competition competition is good for as far as I'm concerned, especially if you are a fan of the sport. You know, I'm a fan of the sport, not just UFC. So I mean, I used to love Strike Force. I loved it. Yes. I thought they were very, very good, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the athletes that they had over there, you know, some of those athletes have trans transferred over to uh, the UFC and they're doing very, very good, which means, you know, just because, you know, something has the logo of UFC on it, don't mean that ain't, that's the best fight in the world. That's the best promoted. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really think Bellator, you know, I really, you know, you got some of the guys coming over now that kind of like ran out with uh, in, you know, UFC and, and you still can see those guys and help build that sport over there if they do the right thing. So I really like it. I really do. Mm -hmm. Did you watch um, Elite XC back in the days when it was still out? Yes, I did. Uh, well, well, um, what was your what was your take on the whole Kimbo Slice experiment? Like, did you knew his background before him getting into it? Like, with the whole Seth Petrozelli fight, did you knew like his whole? I knew this guy. I knew this guy was straight garbage. <laughs> wow. Okay. I knew this guy was straight gimmick garbage. Nothing against him personally. Yeah. But you know, you knew uh, Cinderella was eventually gonna fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. As soon as you got in there with real competition. And that's what happened. Yeah. You know? That's why I say a lot of people, it's just promoting. Yeah. You weren't promoting how to say somebody was. You promoted his name and how he looked. Yeah. You know, people love that look, especially, you know, that, that look that he had. He's got that intimidating look. And, you know, oh, I can feel that. And you can't get mad at, I'm not mad at Kimbo. Yeah. But, you know, your skills weren't up to par. Yeah. To be in there with some of these guys that can actually hurt people. Mm-hmm. And more ways than just punching, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's why at least Dane and them gave him the chance to uh, be on the uh, Ultimate Fighter. And we see how that turned out, you know? Yeah. But nothing against the Rob personally, but come on, man. MMA ain't no joke. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. CM Punk will be the next one to buy it out. Yeah. He'll be the next one to buy it out. True. I'm saying, but remember what you were saying before about Floyd Mayweather. You think he might? They might give him some like guys that probably you know they know CM Punk probably can handle. Probably. Yeah. Probably this first couple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Probably. So did you see? I mean, Bobby Lashley the NCAA uh, wrestler. Yeah. That one time. Mm -hmm. You see what happened to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Um. Yeah, that one fight, yeah. He think, he think, he, he think he's a tough guy. Yeah. Really? You in a gym and, you know, got some muscle and think you're going to whoop somebody's ass? Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, you notice after that he was one and done. That was it. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on, man. Nothing against the guy personally, but I can see you trying to uh, live out a dream or, you know, keep the keep the money train going. You know what I'm saying? I can understand that, but dog. Really? <laughs> you know, shit, to me, you know. But hey, pro wrestling is pro wrestling. MMA is MMA. They ain't the same. Boxing, MMA. It ain't the same. Yeah. And that's why you hear people saying, Oh, man, uh, Same thing when Scott Steiner was talking about the WWF. You know, people was like, "Oh, he's talking about it. Let me go check it out." You know. Who was that? Oh. You know when Scott, Scott Steiner? Steiner? Yeah, yeah. Uh, frankly, I don't even remember that. Oh, you know, because I think he did some promo in WCW. I forgot the exact words. He was like, you know, people are changing the channel, watching Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he had that little thing with Ric Flair. You know, people are flipping the channels and watching Stone Cold Steve Austin kick ass on Raw. You know. And then, you know, oh, well. it makes people want to, like, oh, let me go see the Steve Austin guy. See what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. You know? You ever noticed back in those days, uh, WWF never said a word about WCW. Yeah, no. exactly. It was like WCW. Yeah, it's like WCW never existed in their world. It was only WWF, exactly. you know? That's how you have to be with your competitors. Yeah. You don't fucking acknowledge them. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. I was so stupid. But... Yeah. Why WCW not here no more? So what the hell? Yeah. Um, a couple of last questions for you, Stevie, and I appreciate you being on the line. Um, um, I, I'm sure everybody has their opinion on her, but what is your opinion on Ronda Rousey? Because she's freaking unstoppable, man. What's your opinion on her? Well, I think Ronda Rousey is head and shoulders above her competitors right now. Yeah, like she has no competition. And as long as, you, as long as you're head and shoulders above your competitors, you're gonna look like you're unstoppable. Yeah. Because I think she's ahead of the, I think she's ahead of the learning curve for you know a lot of these girls taking nothing away from any of those uh the, you know females that been out there in the ring with her. Just the fact that I think she's just head and shoulders above them right now. And uh, I know they're trying to get a fight with her and Cyborg at a catch weight. Yeah. And I think I think that fight will we'll see. Just how good she really is. Yeah. But that Chris Cyborg is no joke. Yeah. Have you seen her in Carano? Yeah. Have you seen that fight with her and Gina Carano? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I did. My like I watched that fight with my daughter. Yeah. Oh man. She was a beast. Yeah. I watched that fight with my daughter, and my yeah. daughter was even like, "Dad, why is she trying to get her in a headlock?" <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. I think I think yeah. Ronda, Ronda Rousey's already booked to fight in January. I forgot the opponent's name, but it's not Misha Tate. I forgot who she's fighting. I think. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking if they can make that cyborg fight, it might be in the middle part of next year. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Pro- probably like in the summertime or something, right? Probably like after. Yeah, I would. I would think. I would think so. Yeah, I don't I, think so. Yeah, I, I definitely you know. would love to see that fight, man. That's like probably the ultimate fight. It's, it, it, you know, it, it's crazy. Like the main person, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm not trying to disregard like any other fighters in UFC, but like the one fighter, like you know, it's on my mind is like Ronda Rousey. It's just crazy. Like you know, at the at the, at the era in the Mike Tyson era, you you was everybody yeah. was cramming for a Mike Tyson fight. It was almost that right. same type of feel when she fights, you know. You know, even back in those days, Mike was knocking out everybody. I used to tell all of my friends, I used to tell all of my friends, I swear to God, this is a true true statement. I said, as soon as this guy steps up in competition, he's going to get knocked out. And my friends never believed me. They thought he was invincible. They're like, why would you say that? They go back and look at the fight that he had with James Quick. Tell us. Oh man! What I'm what I'm saying is, as soon as somebody that's as young as him and as smart as a quick killer, this quick killer was old at the time. He was oh. on his last leg. Yeah. As soon as someone can come out and do what quick killers did and got a jab and got some power behind it and can move and stay away from life, they're gonna hurt him. And when Buster Douglas did it, all my friends looked out. Said, "I told you." Yeah. I didn't know it was gonna be Buster Douglas. A lot of black when we fought Buster. I didn't even know the fight was taking place. It didn't even get promoted. You know? yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear about it till the next day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, but uh, I told him. I said, as soon as he step up in competition, because he's learned nothing. You don't mm. learn anything by beating people up in a couple of rounds. Nothing. Mm. Yeah. As soon as somebody takes you in some deep waters. You're going to get dropped off what we used to say. You're going to get dropped off until some bulk. Yeah. Because you have no adjustments. You got one way to fight. Forward and punch. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Rick Tyson moves forward and he's head down there. Mm-hmm. You can't adjust like a Muhammad Ali or Sugar Ray Leonard or Floyd Mayweather. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have a feed for it. Yeah. It's, it's, but that's just my that's just my knowledge from you know you know doing a little boxing myself. Yeah. And it happened. And I told everybody that Mike I, being the big one though, we were in Florida shooting T V taping at the MGM studios and Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield were gonna fight for the first time. I told everybody Mike Tyson is going to get knocked out. Wow. You crazy. Everybody, you crazy, man. <laughs> if that ain't got nothing left, I said, okay. You see. And so I bet it, uh, this going for, it had to be 20 guys that I bet it, uh, at least $20 or more and knockout pay double. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, cause I couldn't get to, I was in Florida, I couldn't, I wanted to go bet on the fight. Mm. And when I wanted to bet on the fight, it was, I think, 28 to 1. Mm. And I wanted to put 5 grand on the fight. Jeez. I remember I had 10, I had 10 grand. 
friend in my bank account. Yeah. And I wanted to put five, half of my money on uh, the Randall Holyfield. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. And I would have been, I would have been a wealthy man after that. But, I, you know, in Florida, I, we in Florida, I don't know anybody. I didn't know. You didn't have all the, I didn't know how to, you know, I wasn't as computer literate as I am now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Back in those days, you know. So, I didn't know how to put the money on nobody. I'm in another state. If I was in Houston, I could have got with somebody I knew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, but anyway... The next day, that happened, that, that fight happened on Saturday night. The next day, we were shooting TV tapings for them, them grand. And I walked in, and everybody was like, uh, I said, yeah, get your money out. <laughs> and I got everybody's name wrote, written down. Oh, I man. told y'all he was going to get knocked out. Yeah. And, you know, people started making excuses. Oh, Mike didn't look. I, started, I don't care if he ate some honey buns before he came in the ring. I don't care. And a gallon of milk. I don't care. I told you he was going to get knocked out. And then guys started asking me, how did you know, man? Why would you say Mike was going to get knocked out? I said, listen, brother, I'm from the streets of Houston, Texas. I know many people that have been incarcerated. I know many professional athletes. There's no way one guy that's been in jail for three and a half years pleasuring himself is going to come out and beat an athlete that has been top fighting top notch talent mm-hmm. while you've been in jail. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. And the guys are like, well, well we didn't look at it like that. Well you need to. Especially when money's involved. Y'all, yeah. been, y'all been looking at y'all been looking at too many boxing movies for a guy in jail and he's doing all this training and this kind of stuff and you know, no, it don't work like that. You ain't caught incarceration means they're breaking your mind down, not your body. Yeah. I'm sorry, people just don't look at things like that. Because they don't know. Oh, I didn't even incarceration is not to enhance what you do good. It is to debilitate what you are. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. You see, even even I had, I ain't, I'm a bit, I had Tyson too. You know, I was on the Tyson bandwagon. Ty- nobody could beat Tyson. Nobody could beat him, you know. Well, yeah. nobody, nobody can beat Tyson, maybe physically. Yeah. But mentally, that was not Mike Tyson. Yeah. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So it, seems, it seems like so long ago, man. I remember that fight too. Especially the fight with Lennox Lewis as well. Oh my God. Even the second fight he had with him back Yeah. I was having a little fight get together at my home. And I'm not trying to just put myself over. This is this is the truth. Mm-hmm. The honest to God truth. I told everybody in that, in that was in my house that day, this guy is going to do something to try to get out of this fight. But they didn't know what I was talking about. I said, look, I said, look at him. He's, he's afraid. He's scared. You know, when Randall walked up to him and Mike looked down, I knew it. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to bite him. I thought he was going to try to do a low blow or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. or something malicious like that. I didn't know he was going to bite the guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, all my buddies turned and looked at me when he bit him on the ear. They all turned and looked. I said, I told you. <laughs> it's like, what? Told you. Like, Stevie, you're psychic. When a rat... Get pushed into 
don't call a rat will bite. Yeah. I'm not calling Mike a rat. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Mike just knew I can't beat this guy. And I got to get out of here. Yeah, it was, no it was a mental break. It was a mental breakdown. You know? yeah. But I love Mike Tyson, man. Love him. Yeah. yeah. I love Mike Tyson. It's just amazing, like, what he's done now. It's almost like he's a freaking comedian now because he's, you know, he wasn't like that before. It's just it's just amazing how he did a, a 180 with his career. Well, you ain't got all the pressure on you no more, bro. Yeah. I can just go out and be a human being. Yep. You know, do some cameo in movies, go film some movies in China, and, you know, it's good. You got no pressure. Yeah. The pressure of being Mike Tyson was too overwhelming for anyone. Yeah. No, that is so true. Um, Stevie, Stevie, um, you're currently actively wrestling now, and um, you're part of Reality of Wrestling as well. Um, tell me a little bit about that, because it's Houston-based. So give me a little details. Give me some one-on-one on one about that. Well, you know, um, I'm active every now and then. I'm not a, uh, a nightly competitor, but I am active when it's, when it's called for. Mm -hmm. Not only in Reality of Wrestling, but also in Wildcat Sports in New Orleans. Yeah. I am currently the Wildcat Sports Heavyweight Champion, mm -hmm. um, and I was the uh, uh, Reality of Wrestling Tag Team Champions, but we relinquished the titles. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Reality of Wrestling is based right here in Houston. Uh, it's an uh, uh, organization that's pretty much territorial. We're trying to build up. My brother pretty much got it. It's actually something that my brother started years ago, oh, okay. but uh, my, bro my brother actually continued with it. And uh, then I came on board the last couple of years, and uh, and it's flourishing now. We just signed a new deal with uh, Channel 39 here in Houston. They'll be showing a uh, local show at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning, right before football starts. And uh, uh, we getting ready to open a new uh, wrestling academy here in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, moving into a bigger building and. Uh, Can um, people see Reality of Wrestling if you're not in Houston? Can they see it on YouTube? Is it there's a, like a YouTube yes, channel? Yes, it'll be it'll be streaming on Channel 39, the CW here. Got so it. they'll be able to be able to pick up the stream here, pick up the stream that's going on here on uh, I guess their uh, devices. Okay. Yeah, all over the country. And um, how big is the roster in Reality of Wrestling? Okay. And we also work with uh, uh, um, the Wildcat guys. We work with uh, the, uh, 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 P the PWF guys up in New Jersey. Okay. And uh, we so you know, the roster is pretty, it's growing, put it like that. I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's growing. Okay. But this will give us more leeway to do more stuff now, because now we can start doing 
And it, it, so it's it kind of be like so it kind of be like that flavor from back in the day, you know? Yeah. Uh, see, yeah, I wish I wish it was streamed here, but you know, um, when when there's there's a way, and anybody, even from who's in New York or Virginia, they could definitely see. Yeah, they should be able to get it wherever they have streams. I guess it'll be streaming. Uh, here they would get it online. Okay, that's why I was. Okay. Oh man! But definitely, congratulations on that, man. That's amazing. Hey, thanks a lot. Nah, no problem. Because you know what I'm saying, because the small wrestling brands, like you know, and then you know they're working their way up. It's like you, you know, we used to have like, you know, ESPN, like you was talking about GWF, and then when it was USWA, you know, you don't really see that no more, like the territorial stuff, and you know, that's why it's, it's always good to support wrestling in, in all forms, you know. Well, you know, the, the territorial wrestling is, is actually bigger now than it's ever been mm-hmm. right now because because of the simple fact you know, a lot of people only got one show to see now. Mm-hmm. So in essence, it's, it's, uh, and I honestly believe uh, Vince McMahon and WWE is trying to take advantage of it too by bringing out the NXT. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, they're like, so like, that's all right. yeah, like, you know, they just had NXT Saturday in Brooklyn and they had SummerSlam, you know, in, right. in Brooklyn tonight, exactly. you know, and then it's again with Monday Night Raw, you know. Well, I should say tonight, you know, it will definitely be. So it's it's growing, it's growing right. in bounds. So I think the independent circuits are really starting to grow. That's if people really know what they're doing. I, I hear Jeff Jarrett is starting something global. Yeah, uh, global thing. force wrestling, yeah. Stevie, um, my final question for you, what would um, Stevie Ray now tell the Stevie Ray of yesterday? What would he do? What, again? I didn't understand you. No, no problem. I said, what would the Stevie Ray of now will tell the Stevie Ray of yesterday about his future? What would he tell him? Yes. What would, what would you tell yourself, you know, when you was younger, basically? Your future self telling your, your younger self. What would you tell yourself? You let him figure it out. <laughs> no, I mean, if Stevie Ray was talking to Stevie Ray, um, Stevie Ray just, you know, he pretty much did it his way. It's nothing I can tell him. Okay. <laughs> 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 he pretty hard hit it, so. And he gonna, he gonna do it, he gonna do it his way, so. Good luck, Stevie. Uh, no, man. Not all I tell him. <laughs> Thank you so much, TV man. I appreciate this time, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one.